Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. You know, I did not want to have to go into the second hour playing these audio cl- Okay, that's not true. I totally, really, that's totally fine to go into another hour playing these clips. I love these clips. I love this guy. Javier Millet, Argentina's president. The guy's an economist from the Austrian school, and he appeared at the World Economic Forum. I'm not actually sure how he was able to get in (laughs) because his comments in his speech ran about 22, 23 minutes. And I mean, he's he let let, let me say like this. He is at odds with the overall theme of the World Economic Forum's conference. Okay, his line of argument, this is according to Joel Gerke at the Washington Examiner. Millet's line of argument ran contrary to the organizing themes of the forum. The Davos planners set the stage by affirming the need for, quote, government, business and civil society, whatever the hell that means, to come together around a new economic framework, a new economic framework. And he got up there and said, You guys are idiots. Your new framework is collectivism, and it will lead to poverty, destitution, shorter lifespans. The framework that works and has worked to lift 90% of the global population out of abject poverty has been the free market. Free market capitalism, libertarianism. The more government, the less freedom, the less freedom the more poverty. The Davos planners say this new framework is needed to, quote, avoid a decade of low growth and put people at the center of a more prosperous trajectory. They emphasize the necessity of a long-term systemic approach to achieve the objectives of a carbon-neutral and nature-positive world by 2050. These are the, quote, elites. Millet, armed with a litany of statistics about the exponential economic growth that has unfolded since the Industrial Revolution, denounced such aspirations as a dream that can only empower the bureaucrat in a luxury office at the expense of the rest of society. He said that market failures do not exist. If you see... Such an example, it is usually because there is some sort of coercive action or state action in the example itself. And he says these proponents of this theoretical neoclassical framework, what they always do is when the market failure um, expresses itself because of the actions of coercion in the state, when these market failures reveal themselves, their response is what? more coercion, more state action. And rather than getting angry with reality, he says, you should get angry with your theoretical model and change it. He said, quote, 
given the resounding failures of collectivist models and the undeniable advances of the free world. Socialists, though, after all of this experience and all of the uh, explosive growth and the reduction in poverty that, that the free market has produced, these undeniable advances of a free world, socialists then were forced to change their agenda. They left behind the class struggle based on the economic system to replace it with other supposed social conflicts equally harmful to community life and economic growth. The first of these new battles was the ridiculous and unnatural fight between man and woman. Libertarianism already establishes equality between sexes. The cornerstone of our creed states that all men are created equal, that we all have the same unalienable rights granted by the Creator, among which are life, liberty, and property. This radical feminism agenda has led to increased state intervention, hindering the economic process. It provides jobs to bureaucrats who haven't contributed anything to society, whether through women's ministries or international organizations promoting this agenda. Another conflict that socialists pose is that of humans against nature. They argue that humans cause harm to the planet and that it must be protected at all costs, even advocating for population control mechanisms or supporting the controversial agenda of abortion rights. Unfortunately, these harmful ideas have strongly permeated our society. Neo-Marxists have managed to co-opt the common sense of the Western world. They achieved this through the appropriation of the media, culture, universities, and yes, even international organizations. Like you, WEF, like you guys. That's what he's saying to them. You have been corrupted by neo-Marxists. Dare I say colonized? That's what they have. The, the leftists, global, the global leftists have colonized all of these institutions. Fortunately, he says, more people are raising their voices against these efforts. As we see that if we don't confront these ideas head on, the only possible destiny is more state, more regulation, more socialism, more poverty, less freedom, and consequently, a worse quality of life. Unfortunately, the West has already started down this path. To many, it may sound ridiculous to suggest that the West has embraced socialism, but this view is only ridiculous if one limits themselves to the traditional economic definition of socialism, Mm -hmm. which states that it is an economic system where the state owns the means of production. In my opinion, this definition needs to be updated to reflect the current circumstances from my perspective. Today, states don't need to control means of production to control every aspect of individuals' lives. With tools such as monetary issuance, debt, subsidies, interest rate control, price controls, and regulations to correct alleged market failures, they can control the destinies of millions of human beings. This is how we have reached the point where, with different names or forms, good parts of the politically accepted offers in most Western countries are generally collectivist variants. Whether they openly declare themselves as communists, fascists, Nazis, socialists, social democrats, national socialists, Christian democrats, Keynesians, neo-Keynesians, progressives, populists, nationalists, or globalists. In the end, 
There are no substantive differences. Everyone argues that the state should control all aspects of individuals' lives. All define a model contrary to the one that led humanity to the most spectacular progress in its history. Did you hear the groups that he just labeled, he just rattled off? He said a good deal of the generally accepted political offers in most Western countries, our collective variants, whether they proclaim to be open communist, fascist, Nazis, socialists, social democrats, national socialists, democrat Christians, Christian democrats, Keynesians, neo-Keynesians, progressives, populists, nationalists, or globalists, there are no substantive differences. So this is why, like, when I see these movements and these these cults of personality develop around certain individuals and everybody's like, oh, I'll just go along with whatever they say. No. And they're like, oh, I, I hear this, like, in, in today, uh, in today's political uh, environment, we hear... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a populist. They're a populist. You hear this, uh, this term attached uh, a lot to Donald Trump's followers. And some proclaim, I've, I had a conversation with one uh, two weeks ago. He claimed he was a, national, a nationalist populist. I'm like, I don't even think you know what these terms mean. But, <laughs> but what is that? It, but at the end, they're all talking about the same sort of theoretical framework, which is to use the state, but to just use it for the things I want them to use it for. And that's... That's the pathway to ruin. We are here today to extend an invitation to the other Western countries to resume the path towards prosperity, economic freedom, limited government, and unrestricted respect for private property are vital for economic growth. The impoverishment that collectivism produces is not a fantasy, nor is it fatalism. It is a reality that Argentinians have known very well for at least 100 years. Because we have already experienced it, we have already gone through this. Because as I said before, since we decided to abandon the model of freedom that had made us rich, we are trapped in a downward spiral where we are getting poorer every day. This is, we have already experienced it ourselves, and we are here to warn you about what can happen if Western countries who became rich with the model of freedom continue on this path of servitude. The Argentine case is the empirical proof that regardless of wealth, natural resources, population capability, education level, or the amount of gold bars in the central bank's coffers, these factors do not guarantee success. If measures are adopted that hinder the free functioning of markets, free competition, free price systems, if trade is hindered, if private property is attacked, the only possible destination is poverty. He then concludes with a message to entrepreneurs, not just in the audience at Davos, but around the world. Don't be intimidated by the political caste or the parasites who live off the state. Don't yield to a political class that only wants to prolong its power and preserve its privileges. Yes. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. You are the creators of the most extraordinary era of prosperity we have ever experienced. Don't let anyone say ambition is immoral. If you earn money, it's because you provide a superior product, better price, contributing to well-being. Do not yield to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And know that from today, you have Argentina 
as an unconditional ally. Thank you very much and long life freedom, damn it. Okay, so the AI kind of messed up there at the end. Long live freedom. But he said, long live freedom, damn it. <laughs> Do not yield to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. And he said this. He said this to the World Economic Forum people. These so-called elites that are all there trying to figure out ways to make us eat bugs, right? to give up our our air conditioning in order to, of course, appease Gaia Earth, to save Gaia Earth. This, uh, this prompted a response from Elon Musk. He's a fan. Millet claimed the developed world was under threat because those supposed to defend the values of the West have been co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and therefore to poverty. Musk has previously expressed his admiration for Malay, who has embarked upon a radical program of economic transformation. This is, by the way, Business Insider, which used to be a pretty legit publication, but they've gone down the globalist uh, neo-Marxist path now. Um, The billionaire wrote on X, or Twitter, Elon Musk, said, Prosperity is ahead for Argentina. Um. Twitter also has a, an AI program. It's called Grok, G-R-O-K, which Musk has said was designed to have a bit of a rebellious streak and give satirical answers. And it has been roasting, uh, what's his name, Schwab, Hans von, whatever his name is, Schwab, <laughs> Klaus von, yeah, Klaus Schwab, the chief of the World Economic uh, Forum, who sounds like a cartoon villain. Grok, the AI bot thing, chat bot, whatever, called Schwab a walking, talking example of what happens when someone reads too many dystopian novels and starts to think that they are a self-help guide. (laughs) And then the AI chat bot made fun of Schwab's Great Reset Initiative um, that was unveiled at the WEF back in 2020. This AI chatbot said, who names their evil plan to take over the world after a Windows update? (laughs) All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out all right i got a bunch of messages here this from gjm who says pete i pray that javier Millet has a good security team around him this guy is incredible yeah that like that it is my concern it is my concern that's why i make the comments about you know him not being suicidal because if this i'm just i'm very worried you say these kinds of things in front of like people whose entire lives and fortunes are riding on collectivism 
I'm just concerned. Russ says, oh, yeah, so uh, this is reference to uh, Millet has been called the uh, the Argentinian Donald Trump. And that's, like, aside from the crazy hair he's got, it, there's, like, I, I don't see it. And I know they like, the media describes him as some sort of populist, but it's not, it, just because he is saying things and making an argument that is resonating with people does not make you a populist. He identified populism as one of the the same sort of problems, right? People, because you can whip the population into a frenzy over expanding Social Security, right? I'm not going to cut anything on Social Security, you could say, and everybody's like, yeah, you know, that, that that's populism too. Russ says, Malay is definitely not the Argentinian Trump. Aside from being abrasive, he's almost the opposite. His economic and political philosophy make Rand Paul seem a little communista. <laughs> uh, also, this AI translation is incredible and also a bit unsettling. It is. Um, Mark says, yes, Malay is definitely not going to be invited back next year. That's true. Not going to be invited back to the World Economic Forum next year after they listen to this speech that he gave <laughs> yesterday. Um, he Get this. He also flew commercial in coach. He flew commercial in coach rather than all of these other elites who, you know, fly in on their private jets and then bemoan the, uh, the climate change, carbon dioxide deaths. Um Daryl on the Twitter machine. It's a Pete tweet. He says, Pete, I think I have a man crush on this guy. LOL. This is <laughs> this is what every U.S. American politician should be saying, doing, and living. AL says this is powerful stuff. Um, the urn says, uh, Pete, how can we get a copy of the speech you are playing now? Uh I post all of my prep onto my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Pete Callender show. You can uh, go there. It's free. So it's, it's totally free. You can go there and you see my prep. I put it up after the end of each show. Um, but I found this on YouTube. The clip, uh, the, the, the full speech was done by a fella named, let me see here, Aaron Slodov, S-L-O-D-O-V. Um, and then another fella named... Matija Matija Gurchik. Matija Gurchik. I think he's Croatian. Uh, he posted it onto his YouTube, and that's where I found it yesterday. Because otherwise, like, I was reading transcripts, and I didn't want to have to try to deliver this guy's speech for him and read through all of the, the, the notes. I do have the quotes and stuff, but obviously, like, half more than, more than half of the speech I just pulled audio from. Um, and I would prefer to have it in his voice. But he was speaking Spanish. So then I was like, all right, well, maybe I do like the, uh, the translator audio. And the translator did a fine job, but it's kind of difficult to listen to on the radio because you got two voices going on, right? You have the one underneath that's speaking in Spanish, and then you have the translator speaking in English above, and he's louder. And it's just, it's, it's not great radio. So luckily, I found that AI-generated version of the speech using... Javier Millet's own voice. And yes, it's kind of creepy, but also awesome. And I mean, that's AI in a nutshell, right? 
Ralph, welcome to the program. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Pete. Did you see uh, the young native lady that was blowing her breath upon each one of the members of that camp council? I did. I absolutely did. And uh, well, you know, I'd like to make a suggestion, and and I'm always for solutions. I know that's all about your show. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see these council members go to Mark Zuckerberg's farm to look at his new business he started about the beef and sit with the cows. He's going to feed them macadamia nuts and beer, and it's going to be a high-premium beef. He's going to sell on the market, capitalism, Mm -hmm. and let them meditate out there in the pasture amongst the cows and let reality hit the fan. Mm. So I I kind of get a feeling like Mark is doing the the cow project or the beef project there uh, for when we're all eating the bugs there there will still be some high quality beef for him and uh, his fellow elites. I think this is his backup plan. If Bill Gates buys up all the farmland and then doesn't allow any any beef raising to occur, then um, then at least the elites will still be able to get some beef and it'll be really really good beef, you know. That, that was my read on it. But I do like your idea as well. Ralph, I do appreciate it. I did see, here it is actually, the, uh, there's some, I don't know, some, I, I don't know who she is. I have no idea what country she, she's from, if she's indigenous or something, but she's doing some sort of, uh, uh, some, some sort of like calling or some, well, I mean, here. She's rubbing her hands together. Rubbing her hands together. She has her eyes closed. She's rubbing her hands in front of her face. Okay. Okay, so right there, she's now taking her hands after she's rubbing them together. She then takes her hands and she leans her head back and she turns to one side and coughs, which reminded me of the doctor. But she leans her her head back, turns to the right, and blows like a cough through her her like hands that are like she's praying, like the praying hands, you know, and she goes, and then she turns to the center, does another one, then turns to the left, does a third one. Then she resets. Okay. Another one. Turn to the left. Another one. Turn to the right. All right. Oh, oh, she's on the roll. And now she starts walking over to the one, two, three, four, five, six different people sitting on the stage ready to do some, you know, some chit-chatting about eating bugs and stuff. And she walks up to them and then coughs in their face. (laughs) Right on their forehead. (laughs) And she's not even blocking it with a mask. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And they all just sit there. They all just sit there smiling. As if this isn't like, I don't know, a super spreader event. You guys were just telling us like two years ago. You were like, stay six feet apart from everybody. Wear all the masks. And now you you literally have the opening ceremony of some chick coughing in your face. People, wake up. You're being humiliated. I'm trying to get to the very beginning of the list here. Here it is. DL says. I, too, voted for Erwin Carmichael because he was conservative, uh, is more conservative 
It's about being unaffiliated. I started the program talking about I'm unaffiliated because uh, I am libertarian. I'm not a capital L libertarian. I'm libertarian. Unfortunately, Republicans, conservatives never got a chance to support him because he ran as a Democrat. I love being unaffiliated. Nobody owns my vote. Yes. Um, Stan says, so let me get this straight. You aren't a capital L libertarian, but you identify as one. No, no. I. Oh, are there penalties or social stigma attached to anyone who fails to go along with your decision to identify as something you are not? Uh, no, but I will tell you there is uh, there is a lot of uh, blowback that I get. There's a lot of blowback I get. You're throwing your vote away and all that. Because there are a lot of people that believe that I am on their side. And so I'm going to like just throw my vote towards a, a, a politician that doesn't earn it. And, I, and when I don't, they get mad at me because they expect me to give that politician my vote. Um, John says on this uh, on, on Millet, until this guy, the only thing I knew about Argentina politics was Madonna in a play about some other presidents, Perón or something, the wife singing, don't cry for me, Argentina. And it's true. Uh, well, I think Madonna was the president of Argentina at some point. I think that's true. Um, Tim says regarding Von Mises, there used to be a test on Mises.org, the website, that's M-I-S-E-S, by the way, to see if one is an Austrian economist. One was a short 10-question test, while the other was a longer 20-question test. It dove deep into economics, and the critique of your answers were entertaining. Things like, no, that's a socialist answer. (laughs) Thumbs up to Javier Millet, and I hope he does not get assassinated. Um, Let me see here. This is L.C., uh, Pete, as a libertarian, if you vote in a Democrat primary, can you also vote in a Republican primary in the same year? No. You have to pick one or the other. you got to pick one primary. And here's the thing. If you vote in a Democrat primary, but over on the Republican primary side, they go to a runoff, I'm not allowed to go vote in that runoff. Only people who voted in the primary get to vote in the primary runoff. Uh, regarding predatory pricing, Terry says, right on, Pete, you rock. Thank you. Um uh, there's a term called government waste. There's a term, though, you'll never hear, and that's market waste. Those businesses would cease to exist and or their leaders would be fired. Martha says, absolutely excited about this man's speech and want to share with those I know. Uh, I can't hear the entire speech, but would love to have a link where I can get a copy. Well, go to patreon.com, search my name, you'll find it. It'll be up there after the show. I'll send her a link on in this email, too. Um I will get to the Argentinian thing if I have time. Apparently, it's a really fantastic place to retire to, uh, according to some guy who's traveled the world and knows. How fast can we change the constitutional requirements for being U.S. president? Get him here and have him run for president. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Much better than Trump and vastly better than Biden. Um, There, Jan says, this has to be an AI-generated deep fake. There's no way the fascists at Davos would let this guy talk and give this speech. Uh, Had anyone tried, they would have rolled him in two minutes. I love the message. It makes so much sense. I guess that's why progressives cannot embrace it. Uh, Dennis says, I'm sure Melee is uh, joining us in restless anticipation of Biden's upcoming Bidenomics speech in Raleigh this afternoon. Best philosophical analysis I've heard analysis I've heard in many moons from this Argentina president. Thanks for airing it. It was music to my ears. And Jan says, uh, eating bugs is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, mud bugs are amazing. Oh, my goodness. Okay. 
There's one other clip I have to play. This was also from the WEF. So keep the music low, Bernie, for a second. So this was also some of the entertainment. Jamming. Well, what? I'll throw my head back and see, 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 see. So apparently they're passing around acid at the uh, WEF. The Zone of Dumbassery. There you go. That is this week's entrant into the Zone of Dumbassery Awards. <laughs> we'll get an update from the news center. Thank you.